Hello and welcome to our very first podcast. Um, it's intended to be something that you can uh, listen to on your way to work, on your way to school, um, whenever you've got uh, half an hour spare. Um, just small sort of podcasts, no more than an hour at the very most, um, talking about a topic we've all share an interest in. Um, it will range the, the on, on various aspects of modelling. Um, this week we will be talking about airfix. Um, it's I think it's a very apt subject given that um, it's just been on the TV fairly recently. Um, there's some stuff that uh, we didn't know about um, that we now do, and. Um, you know, I just thought it'd be interesting to give our opinions and thoughts on Airfix and where they're going um, at the moment. So, uh, in these podcasts, I will be joined by Josh um, and John. So, I'll pass over to Josh now to tell you to say hello and that, and John, off you go. How's it going, everybody? Yeah, how you doing? Should be a fun experience. Yeah, Josh is from. Uh, you're from America, aren't you? So you, you, we will get to the perspective from that side of the Atlantic. Uh, it's a little bit different um, uh, over there. They, they're not. They, they, they do things a little bit differently. Um, I don't mean that in a weird way. Just like, like tonight, for example, Airfix is a big thing over here. Um, not so big in America, but we will come. We'll cover that, and um, also joined. Uh, I'm also joined by John. Uh, many of you may know him as Gordon Bennett. Uh, and uh, so, John, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing, Josh? How you doing, Mark? Yeah. So uh, you've uh, John will bring a wealth of knowledge to the podcast as. Uh, John's got quite a, a big, um, well, for want of a better word, brain. <laughs> um, he's uh, very knowledgeable in many different areas, so uh, he's going to be our computer. Um, so anyway, let's let's get down to it straight away. So um, Airfix, uh, we all know we all know the name, especially in Britain. Um, it's been a huge uh, backbone to the modelling industry, um, especially years gone by. Um, years and years ago, when when I modelled, uh, I modelled a couple of kits as a child. Uh, really, Airfix, um, Humbrol, they they were all I knew. Um, there was no other other companies to turn to. They. They sort of domineered the landscape when it came to um, modelling. Um, I drifted away from modelling then, um, and when I came back to it about four years ago, um, of course, all I knew was uh, Airfix. So I went out and bought all the Airfix models I could afford at the time, and bought all the Humbrol paints I could afford at the time, and. Um, then all of a sudden uh, I start hearing people say oh you, you don't want them paints you don't want to buy that kit you want to get uh, this one by Edward and 
you know, uh, uh, Zvezda and uh, Tacom and all these other names. Sorry? Yeah, Hobby Boss Trumpeter. There is such a massive uh, array of modelling companies now. You are really are spoilt for choice. Um, which left uh, Airfix in rather a odd predicament. Because for many of us, um, we've seen Airfix seemingly um, throwing their uh, you know, throwing their reputation away. Um, they've just seemed to be doing everything wrong. From from a modeler's point of view, we all looked on and we all shook our heads and, you know, what the hell is going on? Why are they doing that? Um, well, the, the new documentary that came out um, shed some light on this. Um, and I'm really glad I saw it. If you didn't see it, it was a documentary done on BBC Two, I think. Was it BBC Four? Um, yeah. Yeah. Is it their player? Yeah, something like that. It was done by James May, weren't it? And um, it, it sent, you know, it centred on everything that had been happening there. And it turns out the previous uh, owners didn't really care much for modelling. Um, the one guy that did, they got rid of early on. Now, I say got rid of, I think he, if I'm right, he actually walked out. Um, and, uh, you, you know, the place just fell apart. They threw away hundreds if not thousands of uh, moulds um, just chucked them in the bin and uh, some some really good sort of kits from old they, they're just all gone and um, in, you know and, and just generally started screwing it up well and truly I don't know who they were um, but they really made a pig's ear of it of course um when Airfix changed hands, um, they re-employed uh, Simon Kohler, and he is extremely passionate about Airfix, and this comes through in the documentary. And all of the changes we are seeing now, all of the changes, or you, you know, everyone's coming up and saying these new kits are really good of Airfix. They're really doing. You know they're really doing well now. Oh, I like this, and uh, you know, and so on. This is all the doing of that man, Simon Kohler, um, and I think he is a good. He's a good move for Airfix. They've they've really picked the right bloke for the job, and um, it, you know, the, there's more than just the modelling. We're, we're concentrating on the modelling side, but uh, obviously one of their biggest things is their uh, railroad. Um, their miniature railroad uh, that, that's a very big part of their business I think the modelling's quite small in in uh, in sort of uh, oh, what was that in contrast um, so yeah there's you know we've got to we've got to give them the benefit of the doubt now but um, and it does appear to be doing well um but you know 
do we think that they could do better? Is there something that they could do that would be much better? And, you know, everybody's an armchair director. Um, and I think there are a couple of things that we think that they could do that would improve their standing in the community. Uh, I'm going to let John talk about one of them now, which uh, he's been very animated about before. Um and that's about uh, what kits they're going to release in the future. We've got a few that they think, there's, you know. I'll let John explain all. Take it away, John. Oh, this is it. Airfits are slowly working in the right direction. And uh, a lot of their new tool kits are actually damn good kits. And yeah. The Hunter, uh, Phantom. Uh, the new Blenheim in 48 scale, even some of the 72nd scale little kits that yeah. are new tools. The amount of detail that they've got in them is is amazing. Yeah, they're um, really doing well, aren't they? Yeah, you've got uh, the new tool, uh, Victor, the Valiant and stuff. All we want now is a new tool, Hulk and Airfix. But Airfix, unfortunately, won't reach up all the Vulcan because the old kit's still selling. Yeah, which is a bit... It's a bit awkward, that. It's like Ford never, ever releasing a new uh, car because the Escort still sells well. Yeah, well, this, this is it. it. Yes, it's the only 72nd scale Vulcan available on the market, but let's face it, never amongst us that have built a Vulcan, if... From Airfix, have uh, had fun and games. I mean, just and to bring it up to the standards that Airfix are doing now, you've got to put a lot of time and effort into it. Yeah. Uh, the the moulds have served Airfix well, they've been around for quite a bit, and I think investing a little bit of money in doing a new tooled Vulcan to go with the uh, Vulcan and the Victor and the Valiant would be a good move it's like when Airfix started to go downhill and a lot of the moulds went missing the only one 48 scale Blackburn Buccaneer was available was the Airfix one so unfortunately you won't be seeing that one again but they've re-released a new Buccaneer in 72nd scale yet they used to do one in 72nd scale which was a really naff kit but from what I've seen of the new tool 76 scale Buccaneer, it's brilliant. Yeah, they've because uh, they've got this. Um, is it called L L Dam or something? It's it's like a radar. radar. Yeah, that's it. Radar, something like that. They scan the actual aircraft, which gives them the right scale and all the other bits and pieces of it, right? And. <coughs> From what I've seen of the, the new 72nd scale book, and it, it's a cracking kit. Well, if they can do that in 72nd scale, why don't they just do like some of the other model manufacturers have done, like uh, Army Boss and Trumpeter, where they made large scale kits in 32nd and then downscaled them to 48th? Why does an Airfix upscale the Buccaneer into 48th scale and give everybody what they're screaming for? Well, yeah, this is it. I mean, can you imagine doing one of them Vulcans at the standard that, uh, that what is it we've got now? The, uh, yeah, and the, 
Oh, the... Oh, God, memory's gone. Like they're, they're absolutely brilliant. The typhoon they brought out in 124th. Um, oh, yeah. Pe- you, you, ultra 24th scale, the, uh, the new Hellcat. Yeah, that was it, Hellcat. That's what I was trying to think of. I've got the new Airfix Mobile World magazine here, and there's uh, a supplement to it. And it's the uh, it's a build and a bit of a potted history of the Hellcat. And basically what you're going to get in the box. And stuff. And uh, there's going to be three colour schemes. There's going to be a US Navy one, a uh, Far East Royal Navy, and a French one. Are they going to put any PE or anything like that in, or are they still...? No, it's all plastic. Hmm. And I saw the um, the test shots and stuff at Telford. Yeah. And the amount of detail that they packed into plastic without photo etch, it's unreal. Well, I mean, this is some of the fuel lines, yeah, lines lines behind the engine and stuff. I mean, in in one of the podcasts, we are going to be looking at um, photo etch versus plastic and resin and that. Um, But I can't help but wonder. Yes, these these are great kits that they're they're building, um, but these bigger kits are, are, are really quite expensive, and. I really do think they need to maybe consider dropping their price a little bit. Uh, and I know that they think um, that by having a higher price, you know, they'll sell, uh, you know, they make more money per kit. But if they drop the price, surely they'll sell more. Well, this, this, this is it, isn't it? It's like it with any kit of any genre. Right, a model kit has got a certain amount of shelf life. Yeah, unless it's a Spitfire. To go out of fashion. Yeah, unless it's right. a Spitfire or a Typhoon. Right. The Spitfire you did originally came out as a Mark One and stuff, and then they tried to uh, updated it by bringing out uh, different wings, different propellers, bump pods and this that and the other stuff with it but the downside with that was them parts were over scale and too thick to fit in with the old airfit stuff yeah. you had problems with yours I had problems with mine yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of people that built the Spitfire had a lot of problems with theirs too but apparently the best one out of the bunch of the 24 scale ones was the Stuka Right, I'm just trying to think. I I think I remember somebody doing a stuka, but they had, I think they had problems with that. Yeah, it, 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 it's got problems, but they were nowhere near as bad as a fittish. Yeah. Yeah, as I recall, the Spitfire, the engine bay was a particular issue, and the canopies around it. Um, well, this is it. I've built, I've built all the big Airfix 24 scale kits, and the last time I built a Spitfire, I took the engine out of their 24 scale hurricane yeah and fit it in the Spitfire 
and I never had no fitted shoes at all around the nose. Wow. <laughs> they think you fitted in like a glove. I think there was a mistake somewhere when they'd done that. They uh, somebody mixed up the. I think basically when the Airfix Twenty Four scale aircraft came out, they were kept, they, they, they were brought out to have that little motor stuck in them. Yeah. Well, go round. Right. Hence, you've got to get the smallest motor you could properly get, and you've got to shoehorn that into a, a scale version of a Merlin engine. Something's going to have to give somewhere, and I think the root problem was probably the the engine out of the uh, Spitfire was slightly overscaled. Yeah, yeah, I, I really, it was awful. It was um, it was quite bad, uh, but I managed to sort it out. Uh, but I had to sacrifice parts to to get that in, get it to fit, yeah, and uh, and get that cowling on and around it so but uh you know we live and learn but you know even but saying that even some of their to me and i've said this a load of times but to me even their bad kits have a place um i i wouldn't have been able to put that 124th spitfire together had i not built loads of the the so-called poor kits from Revel and uh, some of the more iffier ones by Airfix, because um, building them taught me to sand, uh, taught me to fill, um, taught me all about you know getting rid of seams, um, rescribing panel lines, learning how to rivet. Yeah, and even yeah. and because they because some of them were quite bad. You, they they were the they were the most difficult um, cases of seam removal and uh, you know rescribing and stuff like that. It wasn't a simple little um, seam that needed removing. It, it it would be a bloody great big trench or a, a, a gap the size of the Grand Canyon. Um, slight exaggeration there, I know, but. Um, <laughs> It was, uh, you know, so you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were learning um, on. I think the best kits to learn. Uh, you know, I, I really do uh, think that. And again, this is going to be another podcast. We're going to approach uh, in another episode um, skills and and whether we think they're being lost or gained or you know what's happening with them. But that's that. That will be in a future issue. Um, I mean, if we swivel it around and, and we come at it from now, this is interesting because in America, um, Airfix is not as well known, um, is it, Josh? Okay, so I'm only going to talk about my area of the country. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That way, in case there's some people don't think the same way, right? Yeah. It seems like all the hobby shops around me are are going to those kind of kits. So I don't I like show 
and I got this Airfix 86D Saber. It's a 172nd model kit. And I opened it, and if and it, it doesn't look that big. I, I mean, it could be as big as a paint bottle, really. Um, but the detail on some of this stuff is really, really good. What model was that again, uh, Josh? Because you're you're breaking up a bit. It's the old seventy-six scale F eighty-six saber. Saber dog. Yeah. Under the nose. Oh right, and that—that's the Airfix one, is it? Yeah, it's it's one of Airfix's actually better kits. I mean, I, I didn't pay, I didn't pay that much for it. Uh, so but, when 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 you go into a store in, in a hobby store in America, um, I got this at a at a swap meet, so I didn't get it from a hobby store. A the hobby store around me does not carry Airfix. Oh, right. I went looked. <laughs> Do they know who Airfix is, though? I'm not sure. Because people just take it... People just take it for granted that uh, big name, you'll know who they are. But a prime example of this is I use Solverset. Um, now, uh, Solverset you get from the States. But I went all around... Um, Telford about two years ago and I wanted some solver set and I would say I didn't get round to see everybody but I got round I don't know about maybe three quarters of it and nearly everyone I asked um, didn't know what solver set was um, they'd never heard of it uh, a few had said yeah but they couldn't get it others no, didn't know what it was most people thought it, that I was referring to Microset and Microsol. Um, uh, and, and there you go. So I wonder whether it's the same over there for Airfix. You know, it's hard for us to believe um, in Britain that Airfix is like unheard of over in other countries maybe, but uh, maybe that's the case. This, this, this has been it, isn't it? Because in the States it's always been uh, Monogram and uh, Revel USA. Uh, AMT Ertl. Yeah. Their own homegrown model manufacturers. To me, uh, yeah. Then you get the, then you get the Far East ones, like you say. You get Tam Tamiya coming into the states. Uh, I I honestly Bandai. To me, uh, Sorry, Josh. I think Josh must be having problems with his um, audio because he's breaking up really badly. He's breaking up and he looks like he's froze again. Yeah. But, uh, everything's working very well. sucks. Yeah, Josh, your audio is really bad. Um, really? That sucks. Yeah, it just keeps breaking up. You're only getting about 70% of what you're saying. Well, we're on about Tamiya and the Hazegawa. Alright, so... Yeah, it, there's a bunch of Tamiya, but Hazegawa, I think there was a small... Like, they were cutting that section out. Like, they used to have it, and now they're just trying to cut it down to the stuff that sells, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of hobby stores are trying to do that. They just 
I don't want to keep the stuff that's not selling. But um, I don't know how it works over here because we've got Hobbycraft and they sell mainly Airfix, Revel and Tamiya. But they're by far the biggest um, seller of Airfix in our area. You go in, they have like a little shelf of Tamiya, little shelf of Revel, and then five or six long shelves filled with Airfix. But the prices of them are astronomical. Um, when I say astronomical, uh, so for a small 172nd kit, they're, they're sort of charging in the realm of about 17 quid. Um, you know, for like a Spitfire or a Messerschmitt or something like that. Um, they do go down to sort of a tenner, um, but my point is they're bigger kits, are far more expensive than what you would pay for them um, if you went to a different place, uh, online store or something like that. And I don't think that does Airfix any favours at all, because the store, I believe... As I've been told, the store has to stick to the prices Airfix give it and tell it yeah. to sell at. And there's no leeway. So, for example, the other week I went in there, they'd got a 124th Harrier. And this is about a year and a half ago, actually. I love Harriers. Always wanted a big Harrier. And... Um, I looked at it and the box was absolutely mullered. It was it had been trampled on. There was almost certainly broken parts in there. Um, there was probably even missing parts because there was a big hole in the side of the box. And I thought, you know what? If that's at a right price, I'd be willing to get that because a lot of the parts I could probably scratch build or I could maybe even get rebuy them from Airfix or get them sent out as broken. Um, so I went and asked them, you know, how much for this kit? And I think they'd come back and told me something like uh, 120 quid. And I was like, uh, yeah, I said, you know, that's, that's in, in brand new condition. And, you know, I pointed to the box. Look at it. It's it's like a cup. It's like a, an old rug. Um, you know, how, how much discount are you going to give me? And I tried to explain, you know, it's going to have loads of broken parts. It's going to be a mammoth job. Nobody, no model is going to come in here and buy that at 120 quid. I said, I can tell you that for nothing. So they went away. They come back. We can give you a tenner off. A tenner. I said no and just walked away. Nah, I'm not doing that. Oh, this is it. You can pick them up off, e off eBay, kind of around 70 quid. Yeah, and I don't think, I think it's probably still there to this day. I don't know what happened to it. it probably uh, probably somebody took it home, uh, one of the workers, or maybe they sent it back to Airfix. I don't know. But the thing is, unless they're given some sort of um, you know, license to negotiate. I, I, I really don't know how it works. 
Um, but it just seems that when you come to buy stuff that's got the Airfix brand, it's you're paying for the legacy um, rather than, if that makes any sense. It just seems that they're paying for the name, not the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and and to be honest, the name's been battered, the name's been abused. Um, it's been dragged through the mud so you know you're trading on past glories um, but they're coming back now and this this is what I'm really excited about they're coming back they're much much stronger um, I mean you've really got to see the documentary the, the, the guy, Simon Kohler is really you know is definitely the man for this job um, he really does think a lot about Airfix, and um, he's he's going to take it, you know, to uh, to great heights. I think, um, and the, I mean, the great sign they've brought it back from uh, is it Malaysia? It's gone to. Yeah, it went out to the Far East, didn't it? They're bringing it back into the UK. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's going back to their back to its home. Um, so it's all coming back to Britain. Uh, so once again, you know, it's time to start maybe looking at Airfix kits again as a serious contender. The one thing that I w would like them to do, um, Edward do a Profi pack. It is so amazingly popular. I, you know, I really wish that Airfix would take note of that and and maybe do something to compete with Edward. Because I don't think there's anybody that competes with Edward on that in the, on their profi pack range, is there? Not really. I mean, their profi packs are just so much plastic. You get loads of it. Uh, you know, you get etch, um, resin, um, but look how many they sell. You know, maybe it's a, a future product for Airfix. You know, maybe that's something for the future. Yeah. Yeah, that's good just for a sec, so I've got somebody at the door. Oh, right, okay, John. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what everyone else thinks about Airfix, where they're going, what they'd like to see them do. Um, maybe you've got some ideas. Um, leave them, you know, whatever format you've downloaded this on, um, whether you've downloaded it from our Facebook page, which is run by Josh at the moment, um, that's Pod. Uh, what's the address there, Josh? Can't remember. Pod. Sprucast. That's it. I think it's the name we went with that. Yeah, Sprucast. Um, you you have to bear with us because it's all all very new. Um, so yeah, our Facebook page is Sprucast. Um, now it will be coming out every two weeks there'll be a new episode um we're gonna run for an initial uh 24 weeks uh so we're gonna do 12 episodes over 24 weeks and then we'll have a look at how it's going if it's proving popular and there's good uptake and uh, there's a demand for it, then we'll carry on. Um, 
I'm really, uh, I'm really, you know, pleased that we're we're doing this because this is something I wanted to do about a year ago, um, and for whatever reason, I, it, you know, it never really took off. Um, I, I'm lucky enough to have Josh and John with me now um, to help organise this and and run it. Um, I have very little to do with this really, other than just the. the the talking side of it um, and a few little bits and pieces here and there um, Josh uh, unfortunately has had a bit of trouble with his microphone tonight so we'll, but we will be hearing much more from him in the future uh, as we concentrate on different um, uh, subjects within the hobby kingdom and uh, I think that's it really, that's, there's not a lot else we can say, we wish Airfix all the best, um, I really do hope that they they carry on in the way they've, they've been going now, uh, because they really are a, a great company, and uh, I just hope that they uh, go on from strength to strength. So, uh, we'll leave that there, we're at... Uh, uh, where's the timer at on here? Uh, 33 minutes. That should be long enough for our first one. Don't forget, leave any comments you like. Um, believe, uh, let everyone know where they can come to uh, get a copy of this. We'll initially put it up in Sprucast. It'll also go on the Sprue Surgery waiting room. And I am going to be looking at putting it up on a proper dedicated podcast site um more on that in the next couple of weeks well this is it you know, it's uh, if there's anybody out there that uh, have got anything they want to talk about or yeah questions towards it yeah yeah leave it in the comments let us know and uh, we'll see uh, if we can help you out what we can do yeah, and maybe we could have, I don't know, maybe if people are interested and somebody wants to come on, we could have a guest spot. Um, there's there's, there's a lot of potential here for this to go really well. Um, and uh, so, I mean, this is the very first one. We're going to have a few niggles and glitches here and there. Um, bandwidth is going to be an issue sometimes. I, I think probably... Um, uh, Josh may be having a bandwidth issue um, I'm not certain but his picture looked a bit choppy as well um, but we will get there and hopefully as you carry on listening things will get better and uh, they'll become more and more interesting so thanks for listening and we look forward to talking to you again in two weeks time until then it's bye from me Hey, it's just a goodbye from me. Bye, if you can hear me. <laughs> yeah, that one came out loud and clear. <laughs> goodbye.